What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Dump and Chaser podcast. As always, I'm Kyle Gearholtz. I'm going to be joining you for all the latest in hockey news this week. We're even going to get into a little bit of the Super Bowl here at the end. Just a little something, where to place your bets, all that good stuff. But first off, we got to jump into something huge. Big, big, big news for the podcast. Big news for the Dump and Chaser brand. New music, intro music, provided by a good friend of mine, friend of the podcast, Nick Duffy. This dude worked his fucking ass off to get this to me. He did a great job. Let's just get right into it. Play that fucking music. Again, a huge shout out to Nick Duffy. That is a huge, huge step for the podcast. I appreciate that so much, man. Thanks for listening. Uh, second off, not only is the music brought to you by Nick Duffy, but the podcast is brought to you by Fanatics.com. Fanatics has all the latest in NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, all the good stuff for the sports lover in your life. Head over there, whether it's birthday, Valentine's Day, whoever you're looking for, they've got it. Get your Super Bowl gear, your AFC, NFC Champions gear, your NHL All-Star gear, NBA All-Star gear, all that good shit. They've got it at Fanatics.com. Head over there by tonight. You're hearing this on Thursday. Head over there by midnight, 25%, all orders, no minimum. Use the promo code WINTER25, WINTER25, to get that 25% off, all orders, no minimum. Thanks again to Fanatics for being a good friend of the podcast. We always appreciate working with you guys. Guys, I'm excited. It's a big day for the podcast. Obviously, we got the new music. Um, and it's kind of a big day for me, kind of stepping out of my uh, my comfort zone a little bit. I'm normally an FU, I hate this player uh, kind of guy. And we will get to that, don't get me wrong. Um, but I'm starting to turn the page a little bit. Maybe not so much on the guy, um, but on what I really think about him, it's Jack Eichel, man. That guy's living up to that contract. Eight years, $80 million, and he looks like he's worth every penny right now. That deal is going to work out for the Sabres, it looks like. He's got 49 points in 48 games, 20 goals, 29 assists. He's looking real good. The scary thing about that is over 75% of those points, five on five. That's, that's huge because their power play is, isn't that great? They're not even getting that many power play opportunities. I watched a game the other day. Three power plays ended early because they took a penalty of their own. So, like, when you get stuff like that, you're not going to be scoring on the power play. But he's putting up huge five-on-five goals. Similar to Nathan McKinnon right now, powering that team. Eichel doesn't have enough in the tank to power this team to anything right now. And he definitely doesn't have the pieces around him. It's just him and Ristolainen right now. But right now, 49 points in 48 games, that's huge. I'm a huge Jack Eichel, doubter. Just, I wasn't crazy about the extension he got. I don't think he's up to par with McDavid, Matthews, and Line where they're at. But I think he's finding his groove. I think he's finding the player he wants to be. And if he really feels like 
Buffalo's home and Buffalo where is where he's going to be playing for the next decade, it seems like, then he's going to want to show that he's worth it, show that he's the type of guy they need to put pieces around. Because if he can put them in a position where they've got a guy winning awards on their team, which I know like these guys don't care about the, the singular awards. I get that. But when you've got a guy contending for the Hart Trophy, contending for at Selkie, whatever he's going to be up for, that wants you, that tells the GM, all right, it's time to get pieces around Jack Eichel. It's time to get more than just Ristolain. Who knows? Maybe they win the lottery. They get Darlene. That'll be huge. They'll have a great blue line, a fantastic blue line. But they're still going to need more help, more help for Eichel uh, in the offensive zone. I don't think Evander Kane is it. From the looks of it, Evander Kane is going to be gone at the trade deadline. That's just what I'm hearing. So there's a lot of movement that's going to go on in the NHL at the trade deadline. Trade deadline is going to be busy, busy, busy this year. I, it, it's just everybody's talking. Uh, you can just you get that that sense that the trade deadline is going to be a busy one this year, uh, and that probably will include Evander Kane leaving Buffalo. But in the long run, that that'll probably benefit them. I think. For the rest of this season, they'll continue to slump. They'll be terrible. They're way worse than the Coyotes, in my opinion. They are a bad. The Sabers are a bad, bad team, but they do have one of the best young players in the game, and I'm I'm ready to admit that. I'm ready to come out of my shell and admit that Jack Eichel is one of the best young players in this game. He's worth eight years, eighty million, and I hope I don't kick myself for saying this for coming over, you know, and really opening up to the idea that he is the player that Buffalo saw he was when they gave him this contract. Um, I just, it's got to keep going and it can't, he can't let frustration get to him because there's going to be a lot of frustration in the next year or two. Definitely the next year. You know, I'd give it up to three before Eichel can really start making some demands. Uh, and then he moves right in after those three years, he moves right into that movement clause. So it's not like they're going to have a whole lot, a whole lot of handle on where he ha- ends up. Because I know they want him in Buffalo, and he wants to stay in Buffalo. He's showing that. You look at the Duchesne effect, and the way he was playing, the way he was acting in Colorado, he gets moved to Ottawa. Colorado blows up. Apparently, they're one of the best teams in the Central now. I don't know where the fuck that came from. And Duchesne still struggles with Ottawa. Ottawa sucks. And, you know, you really see the effect that that player, that cancer to a locker room can have on a team um, in you just don't want Eichel to get to that point. But playing with a positive attitude and putting positive numbers on there, he's minus 14, but plus minus is such a bullshit stat. I don't need, I keep it in fantasy because I know it pisses a lot of people off in my fantasy league. It's just a bunch of people bitching nonstop. So that's the only reason I really pay attention to plus minus. But as far as this kid's concerned, it, who else does he have? You know, he's not on a line that's going to be producing a positive number. Uh, Robbie Lehner's been playing just okay, kind of Robbie Lehner-esque, if you will. Um, the team's bad, but Jack Eichel's pretty good. Uh, very, very impressive. Um, I'm I'm shocked to even hear myself say this, but Jack Eichel, 8 years, 80 million, 49 points in 48 games. Good on him. Good on Jack Eichel, uh, American-born. This is this is a good thing moving forward. I'm 
I'm happy to be on this Eichel bandwagon because, you know, with Matthews kind of falling off, I mean, line A better, but <laughs> there's just so many things that Eichel could do with this team. If he just sticks with it, he's got to stay positive. And he's got to, he's got to stay hungry. And I know that's so cliche. I don't even like to hear myself say it, but he's got to, he's got to stick with this team and hope that they put people around him. When it's obvious that they have no interest in putting people around you, then you can start throwing your fits because we we know. That's one thing I, I won't admit about Jack Eichel is that he's mature because I still don't think he's at that point, but he is maturing, and that's that's showing on the ice and off the ice, it seems. Uh, but he can't, get, he can't get into throwing fits every loss and maybe, you know, throwing some blame out where it shouldn't be, you know, unless it's behind closed doors, but out in the public, in front of the media, in front of the fans, he's got to keep his, he's got to keep his cool because the second he starts to look like he's imploding, things are going to go south for him, the franchise, his trade stock, everything really quickly. Um, But just keep an eye on Eichel, man. That guy's just, he just scores clutch goals. So just, I'm, I'm an Eichel fan. Well, whatever. Fuck it. I'll say it. Jack Eichel, 2020. You heard it first here on Dump and Chaser. Um, I'll tell you who I'm not going to turn uh, any positive feelings toward. I was going to say turn the tables on, but that doesn't make any sense. I'll tell you who I'm not going to have any positive feeling towards, and that's that fucking rat Brad Marchand. Suspended again, thank God, for that elbow to the head of Mark Johansson. It's just... What are you even thinking at this point? The guy is suspended all the time, it seems like. Actually, six times. A total of 19 games, multiple, multiple, multiple fines. He's a cheap shot artist, and I don't understand why, because he's turning into an elite winger. Like, he's a damn good player. He's not Matt Cook, who sucks ass, but he had to defend Crosby, so he shoves a skate blade into Eric Carlson's Achilles. Brad Marchand's a good player, and he tries to act like he loses his balance as he drives his elbow through the temple of Marcus Johansson. And there were I was interacting with Boston fans who are so polite and so nice on Twitter, um, who kindly told me to go fuck myself because I couldn't understand why they thought Marchand didn't want to or didn't deserve a suspension. He clearly deserves a suspension. He got three games for clipping Bor- Borowitzki, the... Uh, I want to say three years ago, two years ago. I mean, he's going to get more and more games every time he du- he pulls shit like this because now we expect more from him. When you hit that elite status, which he has, you've got to stop doing dumb stuff like this. Clipping Sammy Salo, slew-footing Derek Broussard. Like, the list goes on and on. Slew-footing Matt Niskanen during a fight, no less. Like, he's just cheap. The hit on RJ Umberger goes way back. That's... I mean, that was cheap, but that was a long time ago. It was an elbow uh, to Umberger's head, but it just, it's out of hand, man. Like, what are you doing? His disciplinary history is so long. It actually took me almost 10 minutes to scroll through and read everything because he just finds himself in these situations where he doesn't need to be slew foot. He's behind the play. Like, he's not gaining any ground or getting a scoring chance or doing anything other than being destructive. And the reasoning is beyond me because there's no reason a guy like this should be pulling stupid shit like that. But he's suspended five games again. He's going to hurt this team when Boston is on fire. Boston is doing so many good things right now. 
And lo and behold, here comes Brad Marchand to fuck everything up. He's got to be careful because you build that reputation, he's going to get rocked. I know he's a tough little guy, but he he's getting to that point where people enjoy seeing him looking cross-eyed, straight up at the fucking crowd because he just got his ass laid out. And that's what people are going to be looking for. You, you pull some shit like this on P.K. Subban, he's going to pummel you. Okay, you got big hitters out here that you're a rival with the Montreal Canadiens. You want Shea Weber out there headhunting you from his waist, pretty much? Like, be smarter, Marshall. I don't know where this attitude comes from. I know he's always been a scrappy guy. But you're you're a heart trophy candidate to some people. Not to me. Fuck that. But to some people, he's a heart trophy candidate. He's got to clean this shit up. There's just no need for stuff like this. You're hurting guys, causing intentional harm when you're throwing an elbow to someone's head. Don't even try to convince me that that wasn't intentional. If Indomitian Sue gets suspended for that kick to Matt Schaub's groin, there, you'll never convince me anything else was accidental again. I don't know if Indomitian Sue's a ninja or what. Brad Marchand barely lost his balance, was apparently trying to save himself with a just a wind, wound up elbow, and it comes right across Rocks Johansson. If you haven't seen it, I'll post it to the Dump and Chaser website. It's brutal. And it's just it's completely unnecessary. He he continues to be a scumbag until proven otherwise. And like going 18 months, this is the other thing Boston fans told me. It's been almost two years since he was suspended. Okay. Okay, like what? What does that mean? He's he's right back at it. Like if he's gonna relapse into doing stupid shit, I'm not gonna commend him for the 18 months he spent not suspended. So it's just it's it's just ridiculous. Players this elite: Ovechkin, Crosby, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, shit, Jack Eichel. We were just talking about. They don't do stuff like this because they know with being elite comes special attention. If you're drawing two different types of attention to yourself by being elite. And being a scumbag, you are going to get hurt bad. And I never wish it upon a player. But he's pushing a lot of people's buttons that really wouldn't mind seeing him pick his bloody ass up off the ice. So just be careful. PSA to Brad Marchand. Be careful. You are not a big guy. I'm pretty sure I could pick you up by your short hairs. Just be smart. Now, when we talk about being smart... I, the NHL doesn't really come to mind as an organization because they do a lot of dumb shit. Um, like not sending the NHL players uh, to the Olympics. And I think part of that comes from Gary Bettman being an idiot. We've gone over it. It sucks. I'm still going to watch the... Uh, I'm still going to watch the Olympics. I'm, I'm still going to watch the hockey. I just think that... You see some of these teams come out, and it's alarming to see the headline I saw today, which was that Ilya Kovalchuk and Pavel Datsuk are headlining the Russian national team. Elect, excuse me, as well as Alexei Marchenko, Andrei Zubarev, Kocheskin, um, a lot I can't pronounce. Um, but there's just a Barabinov. Ship, Vadim Shapakiov. Got it. He's on the team. I mean, but if you can begin and end with Kovalchuk and Datsuk, that's not a good look for the other countries. And I think it sucks because 
when you uh, I, something we didn't really think about too much was the NHL is an international organization, but it's an American-based international uh, organization. So when they make decisions like not sending their athletes to the Olympics, the worldwide sporting event, the Olympics, the impact that that has on, especially in the hockey world, Canada, Sweden, and Russia, and Czech, whatever, um, they, they're they hurting a lot of these teams. Can, like Canada and Sweden and the U.S. are going to have a tough time competing with a Russian team that has so many superstars, literal superstars, you know, some not even that rem- far removed from the NHL, competing on, at such a high level, it's going to hurt the international game. I think Russia, I, I, I stuck with Canada after the lineups came out because I just I was really confident um, that they'd be able to field practical pros that just aren't there yet. Um, but I look at this Russian team, and I don't see any way uh, a team can match the physicality, strength, scoring, and defense of an entire team made up of all these guys. I mean, you just look at... I mean, their reserves are better than probably most of the the U.S. national team. It's going to suck. It's going to be it's going to be tough to watch. We're going to watch it. We're going to tune in because that's what we do. We just love watching hockey. We're going to watch it on the international stage. We're going to watch it on you know when it's on at 3 a.m. or 6 a.m. or 10 a.m. whenever it is. We're going to turn turn it on. Um, but this is just not a good look. I just came across that actually as I was saying off the podcast, so I just want to mention it. But yeah, Kovalchuk and Datsuk, they are headlining the Olympic team uh, along with so many names that you probably can't pronounce but will recognize. So good luck to the U.S. as well as Canada and Sweden. Uh, that is going to be a tough matchup. If anything, they're just going to beat the hell out of each other, and no one's going to win a gold medal uh, except for North Korea because they're told they win gold medals at every Olympics. But other than that, uh, we're we're pretty fucked on that front. I think now is as any t- as good a time as ever to remind you guys about NatureBox. Please, if you haven't checked this out, go check out NatureBox. They have so many great healthy snacks to get you through your day. You know, you're not munching on the super salty soft pretzel or the granola bar that claims it's healthy, but it's really just sugar, chocolate chips, and marshmallow. The s'mores granola bars are fantastic, but they're not good for you. It's New Year's. You've got that resolution. Stick to it. Head to naturebox.com right now. Get your free trial offer. They've got fantastic trail mix. I'm a trail mix fan myself. Everything to do with that. You know I'm all in. Uh, So many great flavors. Set up your free trial, naturebox.com. They're a great friend of the podcast, and they do some awesome work. They're going to help you get started with that healthy lifestyle you told yourself you would get going at the beginning of this year. It's not too late to get started. Just head over there, naturebox.com. Get your free trial. Everything is fantastic from their website. I wouldn't put it on the show if I didn't believe in it. It's awesome. Head over there. All right, so... I know this is pretty much a Blackhawks podcast at this point because I my life is just spiraling out of control watching this team shit its pants every time it faces a little bit of diversity, which is crazy because I feel like they went through a lot to win three cups. I really do. I feel like they they were facing a lot of adversity as they went through each and every cup run into the playoffs, into the finals. I just felt like they had a lot to handle. 
And now, with injuries and getting rid of Panarin, which I still think was so dumb, they're just they're all over the place. They have nothing going for them other than Patrick Kane. And I'm sorry, I know people can't stand Patrick Kane because he was accused of stuff you wish he was guilty of, which is fucked up. But Patrick Kane's the only thing the Hawks have going for him. The Maple Leafs had no business winning that game yesterday, yet they come out, they get the Hawks backed up, and six seconds into overtime, Nylander's going to just put away a penalty shot because that's the way things are going for the Hawks. Corey Crawford possibly being out for the season, I think, is the killing blow. I don't think they can uh, recover from that. It's just there's too much wrong with the front end of this team and the back end, really, that that Corey Crawford being out, not being able to save them game in, game out, it's going to be detrimental to the way that team moves. There's just no, there's no, there's no going up without Corey Crawford. The guy's save percentage was still unbelievable. He was facing an insane amount of shots, and you can't really get the offense going. You know, you get shut up by Tampa. Two goals to Toronto. One goal to Minnesota. Like, there's just nothing. There's no positivity. On the ice, I imagine there's even less positivity in the locker room. There's just so much wrong with the team, and there's nowhere to go for the extra leadership. There's nowhere to go for the extra push to get there. And I'm seeing something Greg Wyshynski of ESPN tweeted out about Joel Quenville's job future, which would just be the end of everything for the Blackhawks. Everything they built up would come crumbling down. It would, it would just, it would be the end. So, you look at what they've been able to put on the ice, game in, game out, since Crawford went down. Um, and I think if I were a betting man, plot twist, I am, uh, I would put all the money on the Blackhawks not to make the playoffs. And it pains me to say that. But there's just there's nothing left of this team without Corey Crawford. They're, they were so dependent on a goalie, which is so wild to say because they were kind of winning games in spite of Corey Crawford, even back to Anthony Yemi. They were winning games in spite of their goaltending uh, in years past, and now they need it more than ever, and it's not going to be there uh, in the short term. It's not going to be there in the long term, uh, and they're, they're not going to get any relief from it. It's just going to be – more shots on less experienced goaltenders. Forsberg and Glass are going to do everything they can. Not bad goaltenders, just thrown to the Wolves too early. Neither of them are really ready for this type of workload, and it's going to come crumbling down fast. So be on the lookout um, for me to be on Suicide Watch because I don't know what I'm going to do. Dealing with shithead Predator fans, Blues fans, everybody talking about how Blackhawks didn't make the playoffs. Uh, and just, it's just going to be a brutal rest of the season to, to see this team kind of spiral out of control. But I too, like I said, am spiraling out of control. So I guess, you know, I'm just along for the ride at this point, uh, which I guess is what most of, uh, Chicago's defensemen can say at this point as well. So as the season goes on, we're going to see the Hawks fall further and further, find a bandwagon in the central. They're probably making the playoffs as long as they're not Chicago. Even Colorado is starting to blow Chicago out of the water. So I think that kind of just speaks to where Chicago's at. And it's a bummer, but, you know, all the the great empires fell. And uh, there's 
some discussion about whether this is a dynasty or not. I don't know how you could say it wasn't. Um, but dynasty or not, this is definitely the end. So by the time you hear this, you might have noticed that it's Thursday evening and the one word power rankings aren't out and you don't know what to do with your life because that was the one certainty you had over the last two weeks so that you're going to see the one word power rankings. They're not out. And the only thing I could tell you is because this league is a fucking mess. Vegas is the clear cut number one team in the power rankings. That's for sure. But the teams right behind them, including obviously like Tampa Bay still has the most point. They've won more points than Vegas. They're not the better team. And that's wild to say. I mean, they played an extra game. So take that as you will. Uh, but Vegas is proving that they're the best team right now. Right now. They're not the Stanley Cup winning team. They're not the greatest thing since sliced bread. They're the best team playing the best hockey in the NHL right now. But the teams following that, I mean, Washington still looks good. You know, I think Washington is quietly leading the Metropolitan and kind of growing their lead a little bit. I think since last week, um, they're their point differential between second place and New Jersey has actually gone up a point or two. So that's like, you're not going to get a ton of separation. So the little separation you can make week by week, that's going to be huge. Uh, and then you got Philadelphia charging up, which pains me to say, but the flyers are all the way up in the third place in the Metro right now. Columbus drops down the fourth Pittsburgh fifth. And then the Rangers Islanders and hurricanes follow behind. Uh, but th- as far as power rankings go, I don't even know where to begin. There's so many if this, then that. They beat them, but they beat them two times before. And I know there's a lot of recency bias that goes on with power rankings because it's 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 the right then. It's this week. But it's just so difficult to put two and two together when you're, you're looking at teams who a lot of them are identical. Like you've got a lot of teams putting up a ton of goals. Not giving up a lot of goals, and those are obviously the good teams. If you're new to the sport, the teams putting up a shit ton of goals and not letting up a bunch, those are going to be the best teams. That includes Vegas, obviously, Nashville, St. Louis, Winnipeg, the list goes, Tampa Bay, Washington, like all the teams I keep naming. Boston is plus 39, and I'm pretty sure they were plus 11 a couple weeks ago. It, it, you know, they're, they're 16, five and four at home. They're eight, oh, and two in their last 10. I read, I want to say a couple days ago. So I'm think it's still up to date. They haven't lost in regulation since December 14th off the top of my head. Uh, they haven't, they haven't lost. They have a point every game over the last month going into the all-star break. I think that's huge. They are right now five points behind Tampa Bay by the midpoint in February, Valentine's Day, I'll say. By Valentine's Day, Boston will be leading the Atlantic. And I know that's 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 expecting a lot from a team who's missing their best winger right now, but they're just they're on fire. Everybody is clicking for that team right now. They've won three in a row or four in a row. Um, they've got, they're on a collision course with a lot of good teams in the East right now, but I just, I cannot believe the turnaround I've seen, um, from a team like Boston, Winnipeg being in first in the central would shock a lot of people. But if you've been watching that team, you know, just how good they are. And I think they're much better 
their whole game is much better than Nashville and St. Louis. And Connor Hellbuck is playing unbelievable. Shout out to that kid, West Bloomfield kid. Uh, it's it's just awesome to see the way they're coming together. Uh, Patrick Laine, Mark Scheifele. Like, and the crazy thing is, I I go to talk about Scheifele. He's been out. Like, it's been Wheeler, Laine, Ehlers, Bufflin, Truba. Like, not so much their secondary guys, but not their top line guys have been producing nonstop for this team in the wake of Shifley's injury, in the wake of really solidifying themselves as a central division powerhouse. And I, there's no signs of it slowing down. 7-2-1 over their last 10. 17-3-1 at home. Second only to Vegas, 19-2-2 at home. I mean, these are unreal home records right now. The, the secret to winning in the NHL, I'll tell you right now, it's winning at home. The... The four division leaders all have 17 wins at home, at least. The two best teams, one is 18, one is 19, Tampa and Vegas, respectively. They're just doing all the right things. All these teams are doing the right thing, and it's so hard to look at one or the other and say, well, they're better than them. I'm not saying one-word power rankings aren't coming out. You bet your fucking ass they're coming out. But it's going to take me... Once you hear this, they'll probably be out. But up until this point, listening to the podcast, you probably haven't read them yet. That's my fault. I thought I was more prepared. But all these teams are just, it's confusing, man. I've been out of school for like two years. I don't know. I, I'm i not I'm not a mathematician. I talk into a microphone. I, I just, I wish there was more. It's hard to even put into words because teams like Anaheim, who are just out of the playoff spot, just out. They're minus one. They have a minus one goal differential. The four teams in front of them, plus 18, plus 17, plus 20, plus 24. Behind them, Chicago, weird, but Chicago, plus six. Behind that, the bottom three teams, Edmonton, Vancouver, and Arizona, minus 23, minus 28, minus 53. So where, like, where does Anaheim fall into all of that? So there's just, there's just so much to think about with these teams and that's what's fun that's what we love about this if you're listening to the podcast you love the discussion you love looking for reasons to dislike like hate rank so high rank so low you love that about these teams and i love the questions about the power rank. you guys just you continue to ask the right questions and it gets me excited to put these things out um and they're gonna be out but man like when you really pay attention and that's what i hope that you guys don't just like take those power rankings as gospel because i don't expect you to they shouldn't be there's a hundred different pod or podcasts well yeah but there's so many power rankings out there week in week out you to really expand and, and get a good feel for who's where if you can't watch a ton of games every night um like i'm really fortunate to have uh, so many outlets to watch hockey games all the time and i am watching them all the time and i know a lot of people can't do that so when you're looking at the one word power rankings, you know, who are it's it's a gimmicky one word power ranking. Take that with a grain of salt and move on to the always read ours first, but then move on, look at what NBC got, look got, look at what NBC has, look at ESPN, look at all these different outlets and try to see if there's something that you agree with. If you have questions, you can always tweet at Jumpin' Chaser. Um but I think I I think it's really cool to be struggling this much with it because it means there's a lot of parody in the NHL. In the NHL, it means we're 
we're trending in the right direction. Oh, we just got to get teams like Arizona, Vancouver, and Buffalo uh, straightened out. And then there's just going to be endless parity in the NHL, and we'll constantly have something to talk about. And I think it's going to be great. Speaking of great, we are just over a week away from Super Bowl Sunday. I know everyone's super hyped, whether it's to watch the Patriots lose or the Eagles lose, to have some good food or drink some good beer or make some good bets. Everything is fun on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, I just want to give, like, let's just go through a rundown of what your Super Bowl Sunday should look like. One, make your bets early. A few prop bets, maybe the spread, maybe the over-under, whatever you're looking for. Um, Eagles minus five, or Eagles minus five and a half. Giving the Eagles five and a half points is a lot. I would take the Eagles to cover that. But don't listen to me and definitely don't put a lot of money down on the bets I tell you about. Um, and then just make sure you have fun with prop bets. A dollar here, five bucks here. Like, just goof off with the coin toss, miss field goals, a safety on the first play. Hey, throw five bucks on a safety the first play. You know how much money that'll pay out? Uh, but just have fun with it. Don't bet the mortgage on a pick six to be the first scoring play. That's so ridiculous. And hopefully it happens for the Patriots. Um and then food, super simple. Get a couple good dips, spinach, artichoke, buffalo chicken, whatever you've got, um, or whatever you want to go out and make. If you can make it, props to you. Send some this way. Uh, and then this boils down to a question, and I think a lot of, especially my friends, are going to say, oh, no-brainer. But I'm more of a, like, I'm a, I'm a bigger liquor drinker than I am a beer drinker at liquor. I barely know her. All right, got that shit out of the way. Um, but like, I, I, like, I prefer like crown and Coke, captain and Coke, anything in Coke, um, over, you like trying to smash 15 beers to get a little buzz going. So where are you in? Please send out a response tweet to this. Are you guys just drinking Bud Light? Cause you know, you'd like to say dilly dilly all fucking night. Or are you guys going to mix it up, have a few cocktails, pop some champagne? We popped champagne just two years ago when the Patriots intercepted that last second uh, pass from Russell Wilson. So, you know, you pop champagne every once in a while. You do some nutty nutty stuff. Um, but beer or liquor, um, and I don't care if your beer is Bud Light. I don't care if it's Goose Island. I don't care if it's the dirtiest, darkest IPA you can find. Beer is beer. Um, and liquor is liquor in this sense. In this question, I just want to know how many people are out there drinking a, a mixed drink and who's just drinking strictly beer. And then send out, I'll probably put out a couple polls this week as far as who you got, uh, making sure enough of you are yelling, fuck the Eagles from the rooftops because we really need that support this week. Uh, can't stand this fan base that I'm living amongst, it's driving me nuts. I pray to God the Patriots win. Um, just like you pray to God that this comes out more than once every two weeks. I promise it's going to. I'm getting on a better schedule with work. I love you guys. I see the numbers on SoundCloud and iTunes. I see the website traffic. You guys are fucking awesome. I'm having such a good time doing this. This mic is fantastic. We've got the new music. Big shout out to Duffy. Guys, I have a huge piece on why fighting needs to leave the game of hockey. Oh, what? What? Did your ears perk up a little bit? You a little pissed off at me right now? All right. Wait for that article to drop. That's going to be a big piece. I'm looking for a ton of feedback when that comes out. All right. So dumpandchaser.com, SoundCloud slash dumpandchaser, 
iTunes podcast. Just search Dump and Chase. You guys have been phenomenal. Support's been huge. I hear from my sponsors all every eh, once a week, uh, but the traffic's heavy. You guys are doing a great job uh, keeping this going. It's all on you guys. Uh, I just like to talk, and you guys give me an outlet to do that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nick Duffy. Thank you, Fanatics.com. Thank you, NatureBox. You guys have a great week. I will see you next time on the Dump and Chaser podcast. Don't forget to like, share, retweet, comment, and review the podcast. Any one of those things will do, but we need some more five-star reviews. It really, really helps us out. Thank you, guys.